Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Do The Thing dating experiment. So, oh my gosh, I love this new podcast. I just started it a month ago and it's been so much fun because it's been giving me a chance to get to talk to the people from the Do The Thing community who have gone through the challenges and have gone through the growth and are now ready to meet the person that they want to have in their lives. And it's such an amazing time to connect and to get to know the person in just a different way that I wouldn't get to know them without this podcast. And so I feel so excited to introduce you guys to my next guest, who has been such an active member of the community and just her comments and her ability to connect with the group has been really beautiful to watch and see. And I have been just loving getting to know her virtually through the community. But I'm also really excited to introduce her to you guys as well. So I am welcoming Nikki Kush to the show. Hey, Nikki. Hello there. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. It's so cool when I just started something new, this new podcast, and you were immediately like, yeah, let me do it. And I think it's funny because now I have two podcasts. I'm excited to interview you for Do The Thing, where we could talk about your full-on celebration of who you are and your challenges and all that stuff. And we're going to start off with this podcast, which is really just kind of getting into the person you want to meet, what you're hoping to bring into a relationship, what you're hoping to get from one. So I wanted to start off and ask you, what got you to say yes to being able to do this interview with me today? Well, ultimately, to be able to talk about this, having done the work and now being able to be laser focused, I think that's a big thing. I'll speak for myself when I was on dating apps, just not be really sure. And when people would ask you, what do you want? That was almost like a loaded question. But to be able to do the work and drill down about what's really important to me That's so exciting. And hopefully this podcast will attract other people who've gone through that same process. So we're kind of moving on to a different step of what's really more important and what we want. Yeah. Isn't it amazing when you are in that space of just expansiveness and you're able to now really kind of hone in on who you are as a person. So then when you bring someone into your life, you're bringing them in from who you are now, not who you think others expect of you or who you think you should be for other people. It's like really coming in from who you are at your core. Right. And also being able to draw clear boundaries because that's how you really get to the core of who you are is standing up for yourself and being comfortable to say, you're really great, but we're just not for each other. And just approaching dating in a whole different way too, I think, where it just relieves this pressure without, it's like, hey, maybe I'll make a friend. It's almost like networking in a way. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's the way I've seen it. And I've chosen more quality dates as a result of going on those journeys of just drawing those boundaries. If you don't check some of those boxes in the beginning, I'm not going to, let's not waste time. <laughs> so... Yeah. I love that you said the drawing clear boundaries because I just really, I feel like this has been something I've been working on personally. And you probably have noticed it through the group where I've talked about people pleasing and different things about that. And I think for a lot of people, especially when we've already lived a full life, right? Of We have a certain generation. Absolutely. Yeah. And have done things for other people. And then I know for me personally, in my experience, I would do things and then 
want to be nice in a way, right? And do it because I think I'm, but then it was exhausting and I didn't realize it was at an expense to myself. And so by me putting up boundaries was has been really important with my journey. And so I just think by you saying that even with dating, it's important because you're able to then really show people what you're wanting and not having them guess either. Yeah, mind reading games are over. I mean, and again, like I said, we're of a certain generation. I'm a Gen Xer. And I think we were also raised by moms who instilled certain things in us, like people pleasing. I mean, my mom was amazing, but her favorite thing was it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. And I and some people perceive me as being too nice, but I work in an industry where you got to have things every once in a while. But that outward, I got to please, I've got to sound seem nice and it's just so weird, but I think it, it's a lot of us. That, so it's so, it's like one of those generational curses that we've got to break. One thing I love now, I work with young people and I love hearing parents teaching young people about those boundaries, about their space. And I had to learn that as a mom when my daughter, once I was, we got into it and I went to hug her and she didn't want me to hug her. And I was like, what, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't want me to hug you? But you learn from youth who, who are raised in a way to have more boundaries. When I was growing up, it was like, oh yeah, just that's your cousin, such and such or whatever, just go give him a hug. No, you don't force people to do that. And our generation, I think we were definitely members of that or the products of those folks raising us to be that way. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't think of it from a generational kind of aspect too. That's really interesting. I'd love to hear more about you. Why don't you share who you are and, and what you're all about? Okay. Well, I'm 57. I just turned 57 and I work in education. I have a really long career in education. I'm looking forward to the next phase of retirement. But of course, I just had to stack all these things on my plate, like go back to school. So I'm working on my doctorate. And it's funny, I, I came to this mindset of, you know, I'm not going to, maybe dating is just not the right thing. But my best friend, I call him my brother. He lives up in Jersey. I was just on the phone with him the other day and he's like, but hey, you still got to eat, still got to go for a hike and go shopping or go for a walk or do you can. That doesn't mean you have to be in exile and be by yourself. And I think that's how I started school, which partially made me feel like I was kind of going crazy because I was just saying no to parties and saying no to seeing friends. And school is always the excuse. And it wasn't giving me joy. And I think because I'm, I work in the educational leadership. And my job is to take care of everyone else. And I'm constantly giving. So by those people pleasing skills come in really handy with the job that I do. But then it's like, well, but now I'm here by myself. And I love living alone. Don't get me wrong. But there are points of loneliness. And those points of loneliness would be nice to be filled with someone that wants to sit and eat and talk about their day too. And not unload, but Maybe we can inspire each other, just exchange ideas and have great conversation. That's the kind of friendship I want to develop. I mean, just to cuddle with somebody and watch a movie, because I've been learning to take more time for myself to just back away from the work. I know how to draw those boundaries and to ask for forgiveness later from professors or whatever. So I think that it's time to just really try to find someone that can maybe kind of go with the flow and we can work it out with schedules. So of course, scheduling is important. I couldn't 
dating anybody who worked third shift. For example, I'm like a eight to four girl, Monday through Friday. So someone's schedule is going to have to be able to match mine because of the work that I do. And I'm very community engaged. I can't always travel an hour to go see someone. So I'm going to have to date someone within parameters. So I have to be pretty particular and, and be comfortable saying that when somebody from 200 miles away reaches out to me, I'm like, I don't think this is going to work. Just be comfortable drawing that boundary. Yeah. And really kind of knowing what you want in that way. I'd love to hear more about what you do. So feel free to either say what you do specifically or what do you like about what you do? Well, I'm a high school principal and I love what I do because I work at a small specialized school. It's a magnet school. So I work with very, very motivated students. And then I also have some students that should be a little bit more motivated, but because it is a public school. But I love the environment that I'm in and what I do and working in the community. I'm a community engaged leader. I was actually even invited by one of my professors to teach a master class to young folks getting their admin degrees. I say young folks because I'm up there, but to master's degree students on how to be a community engaged leader because there's so many opportunities for that. And that's where I think a lot of people miss the mark is that whatever your passion is, you need to be public with it and push for it and engage your students, for me, engage your community and stakeholders and your students sometimes simultaneously, or it's important for them to see you not just eating dinner in a restaurant, but volunteering at an event or at a tabling event. Like I sit on many boards. Before I started my doctorate, I was sitting on six boards. Now I'm only on two. So there's plenty of opportunities to volunteer. And I think it's kind of frustrating for some people because I'll I'll just use my daughter as an example, because it's like being a celebrity without the money with what I do, because anybody's got a kid in high school. And my school is a small school within a larger school. So my students share the same athletic teams as the bigger school. And we're a pretty well-known school in the area. So I am often stopped. So I do choose certain places to go where there's a good chance I may not be stopped, but nine times out of 10, I'm going to know somebody, either a student or a parent or a community member or a stakeholder or a board member. And that's okay. And I I need to definitely, if I'm ever going to date anybody, they have to know that piece because it is like being a celebrity. I don't give autographs, but my job is very political because of the city that I live in and just all the things that are going on and and school and education, and it's a political job. And some people don't like that. So that's, I think, the first thing that's really important for anybody to understand with me is that it's going to be like dating a celebrity, but I don't have any money because I'm in education in one of the worst paid states in the country. But I love what I do. I really do. I love when I hear from students and parents, and I just went to a 20th reunion of kids that I taught back in Jersey. And these are my kids I went through 9-11 with. And now to go back and see them and their moms and dads and married and we could actually have an alcoholic beverage together and they're adults. I was always an adult, but so it's, that's what's rewarding about what I do. Yeah, that has to be so fulfilling too, to kind of see it from all these different levels and then to have that moment where 20 years later, even you're able to celebrate in that way. It's pretty cool. But I think I've also thrown my life into my work and I have been guilty of that. 
when I first became a principal because it was a baby principal and I was just sinking or swimming at that phase. And I was working like 80 hours a week and just obsessed. I had to do everything and be at every event. I have learned to deplate a lot of things. And in that deplating, doing the work on myself. And now it's like, yeah, I'm ready to share my life and, and go to an event with a plus one. That would be nice. When COVID made everything weird too. So, but we got through it. I'd love to hear what you're looking for in a partner. Okay. I know this sounds really weird, but I have gone on some searches where I just look for partners that have motorcycles. I know that sounds really shallow, but hear me out. I love motorcycles. I love wind therapy. That is one of my favorite things to do is to get on the back of somebody's motorcycle. And I live in a beautiful area along one of the most famous highways or right off of it for that type of thing. So if I have to get the shallow piece out, if there's someone who likes to ride motorcycles, I'm an outstanding backseat partner. I don't have any straight down the line. I think someone who's a little bit older with a little bit more experience, and I don't mean older than me, but just older in that range, because we're at a fun time in our life where we can go really young or we can go really older. I've ne I mean, we've got like a 30-year span that we can go. I've never had that kind of wide dating variety, but having been there and done that, I, I think I like the ones that are a little bit closer to my generation or right behind it. So we can vibe on certain popular cultural references and also just life experiences. When you're my age and you're dating somebody in their 30s, you have to expect that one day they're going to call you and be like, you know what, I think I want to have a kid. That's never going to happen here. So I would like to have someone who, if they are past having the kid stage, I understand family. I mean, I have a daughter, but she's 26 and takes care of herself. And I hope that someone is if they do have children, they're in that same category. Because I work with kids all day, I really, I can't be with somebody who's my age and they have a 10-year-old or that just probably wouldn't be a good fit for me. Because they don't start telling you how to parent and you don't want to hear that. That could really hurt the dating life pretty quickly. <laughs> I love how you know yourself. It's so cool. I mean, I love the idea of the motorcycle. And I'm glad that you said that because I think it's showing a sign of their adventure self, what they value in life, right? Which when you mentioned wind therapy and really liking that outdoors and being able to just not be so opposed to risk that they're not even willing to go on it. So I think it does a motorcycle in itself kind of says a lot about the person. And the funny thing is I meet a lot of people who wind up married to women that don't like to ride. I don't how does that happen when there's people like me out here? Like, I would ride with you all the time. So, I mean, at one point I did want to have my own bike and maybe I will, but I like to be on the back. So, and you're right. It does speak to the spirit of the person. And believe it or not, I've met some men who are like the one-seater guys, I call them. They don't even want anybody on their back seat, And that's an immediate red flag. Now, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So let's, I think this brings us into a good place to talk about what would your ideal date be with someone? What would be something you'd be looking forward to doing with somebody? Well, obviously a motorcycle ride and spending time up on the Blue Ridge Parkway, for example, getting a charcuterie board and a bottle of wine and just hanging out, laying out a blanket. That is so awesome. I do like some hiking dates, but hiking is not for an early initial day. Like once we've gotten to know each other and then we go on a hike, but I don't know if I want to, I'm a little vulnerable and I don't want to slip and fall or look 
hiking, sometimes there's those mistakes and we all have to make them, but that's just, I'm not that good at it. Let's put it that way. But I do like the outdoors. I love to kayak. I would probably go kayaking on a date before I would go hiking, honestly. So I love to be on the water. I love to be in the water. So if it was somebody that had that liked to be around the water or somebody that had a boat, I'm there all day. I don't need to go. And, but I do like fine dining, but I also like nature. And I think you can take your fine food out into nature because I do love wine, occasionally bourbon, but usually in the winter in front of a fire. So someone who is comfortable with alcohol consumption of an adult beverage, but knows how to control it, or if they're okay with being a DD and they don't mind if I have a glass of wine with dinner or whatever, that's cool. How am I doing so far? You're I doing great. I, like what yeah, I'm imagining this date already. I'm yeah. like, I'm taking a motorcycle ride through the Blue Ridge, Blue Ridge Parkway. And I've got my charcuterie board in the backpack and yeah. I'm holding on to the guy and just kind of going through and then we're stopping and we're having a nice glass of wine and yeah what else you got (laughs) and and we're sitting on a blanket and and there's beautiful views off of the blue ridge parkway so that's Uh why it comes up here and we're just maybe even with a little i love to talk about music i love music because that's how you really get to know a person too is what they Mm -hmm. listen to what they consume so i'd like to talk about music and things that they're into and share let's hear different what's your favorite song or who's your favorite artist you saw live play the song that you went to see or anything just to be because someone's playlist tells you a lot about them if they're really limited in their scope or really wide in their scope and i love love when men can introduce me to music that i don't know Mm. the genre or an artist that i have no idea because i don't i like some pop and i try to stick stick up on some popular stuff but you know how we could all kind of get into our zone. I mean, I could listen to Lizzo's album for a week straight, Lizzo and Beyonce, and then I can just kind of get my, and I think a lot of us get that way too. So, but to have somebody come along and, and introduce me to someone that I don't know, but I do like, or someone that I thought I may not have liked and I wind up liking. So I like that your mind is open to what someone can bring in too. And then you get to now be curious and explore new things based on who this person is, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. So now, Nikki, tell us about what your dream date is. So this could be a weekend. It could be a week. It could be just an amazing day. So money's not an object. Time's not an object. It's just something that you would dream to do with somebody. Wow. Okay. Well, I would say if it's a dream and money's not an object, then we're hopping on a plane and we're going to Costa Rica and we're going to get some place where we can probably get a motorcycle, probably rent a motorcycle to be able to get around. Or the one thing is in some of the beach areas, you don't even need transportation. They have the little taxis and what have you. But I want to be someplace where we would be renting or some place that's romantic where there's a pool, a saltwater pool, so we can be in the water. But then we're also close to the beach to walk to the beach. I love the beach, but I don't always need to be in the ocean. And down in places like that, the tides are really strong. So, And I used to be a lifeguard. I loved to swim, but I was a pool lifeguard. So I just feel more comfortable in a pool, but I love to hear and smell the ocean. And But I don't have to be out. I'm not a surfer. You don't have to worry about me going all the way out there. And then you have to come and save me. But I do get frustrated if I have to go save you because I am capable. So 
hopefully they can hold their own whatever they decide to do. But there's no expectations to be a pro surfer or anything. But if you are, I'll be cheering you on. And I might even get comfortable enough to learn eventually. But so, yeah, that's the dream. Just or one of those places that has the huts over the water or individual pools with all the things with water and tropical sunrise. That's my dream date with someone. I'd love to also hear, let's just talk about your day. So we talked about your kind of typical day. You're managing this whole school. So you're working around eight to four, maybe more or less. And then what happens then? You're leaving the school and what's kind of your typical day that you're doing? Just kind of get in tune with your lifestyle. I'll try to stop off at the gym now that the daylight savings time has come. I was going in the morning when the days were shorter because it was just hard to go when it's darker out at the end of the day. But I work out in an infrared yoga studio, so I like to go do, but I also do high intensity, short workouts because I like getting in and out of the gym. I am not a gym rat by any means. And just coming off of the health issues that I had with my dental work that was done, I'm just trying to ease back into it because I was hitting a really good stride and now I'm like, I don't want to go. But also because the weather's getting nicer and I'd rather just take a walk. But coming home, if I'm pit stopping at the gym or I'm coming straight home, I have a dog. So I have a fur baby that I have to tend to. So she grounds me to force me to make sure I'm home by a certain time to either let her out or to take her for a walk. And I prefer to take her for a walk because I live in a, a really cute little subdivision neighborhood. But when I come home, I don't want to necessarily see it, people and engage in conversation because of the work that I do. I mean, I work in a building with literally hundreds of people I'm interacting with daily. So when I come home, I just like, a little zen time. So I have a beautiful deck and I like to hang out in my backyard. So that's typically when I'll have a glass of wine and then figure out what I'm going to make for dinner or heat up for dinner or who I'm going to meet for dinner. Just depends on the day. I have a friend who's a performer. So every Thursday I go to here perform at my one of my favorite local little dive bars and they have a great taco truck out there. So I know I don't have to worry about cooking that night, but I love to cook, but I try not to cook every night. Not when it's just me by myself. So I typically will cook on the weekends and have something to heat up and then occasionally go grab something to eat as well. And I, I like a man who loves to cook because I love cooking together or somebody who is willing to clean up after I cook if they don't cook. But I prefer a man who can cook or have an interest in learning. But also I'll come home and then that's where there's usually phone conversations, oftentimes some Sometimes they're work-related because I'm working with either my social worker or somebody. But sometimes I can just veg out. In the winter, it's more TV, but in the warmer months, it's I'm out there on the deck doing homework and reading or just listening to music and hanging with my dog or tending to the yard. I have to cut my own grass, so I've got to maintain that. So now that it's that season again, that's a part of my after-work activities weekly, and I'm trying to do it during the week. So I don't have to do it on the weekends. Just learning how to balance my time better. So I can imagine just all the balls that are spinning at work, right? And then by the time you get home, how do you replenish that energy? What's the thing that really helps you kind of replenish yourself? I think being in nature, being outside is where I get the replenishment. There's meditation. There may be some little bit of working out, like a little floor work or something, but or a walk. But music being outside or just being outside and hearing. I mean, I live in a forest. So my backyard looks like a forest. I can hear the birds chirping and 
It's very lush and green. I also have a hot tub, so I like to decompress in my hot tub. I love water. So I think those are the main ways I meditate in my hot tub often. And that typically is a multi-week thing. Sometimes I might, depends on how stressed I am, it could be a schedule that I make sure I'm in every morning or every day when I come home. So it just depends. But that kind of self-care, that self-care to me is just to unplug and do very little. Because when I walk out this door, when my car hits the street, it's on. I'm either doing something for somebody or solving a problem or or help someone. So that's why it's it's really important to just come home and decompress. So I like that quiet time of just sitting. And if I had someone to sit and talk with where we could decompress, I do like to go hear live music though. So that's with my friend doing it at my favorite bar close to home. It's a straight shot up the street, just a couple of miles, just to force myself to get out of the house. Cause it's very easy to get caught up in the, woe is me and I'm all, I'm alone. So what? Everybody else is alone at the bar too. And at least you've got some good company. I mean, and I don't go there. It's it's my neighborhood bar. So I'm learning to get to know everybody. Some of these folks grew up around the corner from the bar. And so they're just becoming my friends. It's not a place where I think I would go to find somebody. But I would definitely take somebody there on a date. But it's definitely kind of a dive bar. But you feel like you're in somebody's backyard when they open it up when it's warm outside. So there's cool games going on. I love games that you can play while you're holding your wine or you're holding your drink. So... <laughs> I love that. What about the weekends? What's kind of just something fun you do on the weekends normally? Well, the cool thing is my daughter works at a a brewery. She's a music manager for a brewery not far from here. And so what's been super cool is when she comes home from work on Fridays, because I'm not a big hanger on her on the weekend because I don't hate to say I don't like people, but I just don't like a lot of crowds, right? I want to elect when I, so I don't seek to do something every weekend. It's usually getting stuff done. The laundry, if I didn't cut the grass, I got to get it done. And Friday is just like, oof, just decompress day. But when she works at the brewery, she'll, it's like Christmas. I wake up and she's asleep upstairs. So I love to cook on Saturday morning. So because I have somebody to cook for. So I'll be making us sous vide egg bites or trying a new recipe. And I'll also be cooking probably something that I'll be working on. Because I'm one of those weirdos. I'll go to bed early on a Friday night, but then I'm up at four in the morning on Saturday. But I might start cooking so the food is done so I can have it for lunch or for dinner that night. So that's one. Of, I love to cook on the weekends. So that's kind of a, a thing. And then Sunday, unfortunately, during the school year, I kind of work on Sundays. And I'd have to do communication for my staff and for my community. So I am doing my voice recording. But I, if I'm smart, I can get it done on Friday. And when I say smart, that means just see plate and make sure I get it done at work. But with high school kids, you never know. If there's something that goes down that needs my attention, which usually there is on a Friday, and I can't get to it. So, but that's just the limit. But the good thing is I can do it at home. But most of us principals wind up working on Sunday and we're getting our communications out and getting it translated and sending the recording out and all the things. So... Things that people don't see, <laughs> the behind the scenes stuff, all the work. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's great. I think you're showing just how dedicated you are to what you do. I also, I'm, I skipped over this, but I feel like there's something really cool about the fact that you're going back to school to, you said it was to get your doctorate, right? 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm questioning my life decisions daily. <laughs> what made you do that? And how are you feeling about it now? I want to just hear more about that. Because I feel like there's something that that's a different person, right? There's some people that are really coasting, right? And then there's other people that are just constantly growing and evolving. And I'm just kind of curious what led to that decision. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I got my second master's degree in 2013 and I swore I was never going to go back to school. And I did have the option at both master's degrees to stay where I was to do the doctorates. And I probably should have done them, but I had said no. And when I moved up here to become a principal, everybody just started calling me doctor. And I'm like, whoa, my mom is up in heaven smiling, but I'm not a doctor. But I do have a terminal degree, but it doesn't come with the title doctor. So that people started talking to me. And then one of my assistant superintendents was like, you need to go back to school. And I was like, no, ma'am, no. And especially back to paperwork, because I'm still paying for that last master's. I don't owe a lot, but I still owe a little bit. And I was like, no, ma'am, I'm not going to go back. I'm good. And then I sat in on a Zoom meeting for a recruitment program to get young Black males into education. It's called the Mr. Program. And it started at Clemson. But my professor at my university, I go to Western Carolina, he was one of the helpers to find that one. And now he's bringing it to my university in North Carolina. So we're chatting on this thing. And I was brought in as a principal because I'm expressing my real frustrations of trying to recruit students to come into an industry that I'm starting to critique pretty heavily myself. But I, I love this industry, but I also critique it very heavily. And then they liked what I had to say. And then they were like, so then he, the professor who is a sage, old, amazing human that asked to meet with me at a Zoom call, sent me a private email to meet with him offline. And so his name is Kofi. And he's one of those people that you don't say no to. Okay. So he's like 72 and brilliant. And so I got on the Zoom with him and he's like, I think you need us as much as we, we need you. And he's like, I know that you're at a place in your career, but you have that, that little word in front of your name. It is going to make a difference. And you obviously are not going to stop working when you retire. You're going to keep working and you need to be a part of our community. And so it's like, how do I say no to him? <laughs> and I said, well, the only thing that would make me say no is the money because I'm still paying for my there's yeah. And he's like, don't worry about that. Just right. get in and then we'll worry about it. And Sure enough, I got a fellowship. So I have this amazing organization that is funding, who's like my fiscal sponsor for a group that I mentor. I also mentor a group of girls here. So I do a lot. So anyway, he kind of convinced me and they backed, they financially backed me this foundation. So it's like, how could I say no? Yeah. You know, amazing. So well, I, I'd love to switch gears a little and talk about this new person that's coming in your life. How do you want to handle conflict when you're in that relationship? I want to handle it head on. I am so, I don't like to start conflict. I'm an Aquarius, right? So we're the chillest people ever. We really are. And I know some people think that astrology is hooey, but it's not. I'm all about personality types. I'm all about self-awareness. Any way, any vehicle you use, to know who you are, I'm all for it. But anyway, so I am not afraid of conflict, but I don't like to stir it up either. I don't like drama. I don't like 
stifling. We're too old for that. Say what's on your mind. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Having lost both of my parents, nobody's got time to play those kind of games anymore. So I'm completely anti that. I think that heart-mind alignment is so important. I seek for that every day to try to be a better me. And I want to know that I'm connecting with someone that just understands that too. And I know conflict is going to happen, but I'm not one of those people either who I'm not a jealous person. I don't like to argue. And the one thing I hate is that person that you're closest to is usually the one that you unleash on the most. Yeah. Yeah. When you shut that door and then you drop, I don't want to shut the door and argue with anyone. I want to shut that door and cuddle up and just smooch on you and snuggle up next to you and be glad that and plan our ride for the weekend or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep moving forward. I don't want to talk about the past, but I want to be there to be supportive if they're going through something that may be from the past, but I don't want to be somebody's emotional dumping ground. And I absolutely will not make anybody my own. So that's why it's important to be connected with somebody that is doing the work. And that means either they're going to the gym, if that's the way they deal with stress, or they have a therapist, or they have someone that they can go to, and they have friends, and they have hobbies, and a life. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now you're leading into my next question, which is, no, it's great. It's great. It's good, because you're naturally going there, and I love that the conflict question got you there. It's, what do you really want to bring into this next relationship? What do you want to bring to this person? Peace, harmony, fun, kindness, appreciation, gratitude. I want to bring to a relationship that when somebody, if we ever get to the point of living together, because I'm okay living separate. I'm all for the potential of separate living. I just don't like being apart all the time if I'm in a relationship. But I want somebody to be happy to see me. I want somebody's eyes to light up because they know that their time with me is going to be, make them feel good. There's a quote by, in a song by King, when we fall in love, we're just falling in love with ourselves. It's true. And I want that person to feel that way when they see me, that I'm a sense of their peace. So beautiful. I just love that. I really do. I love that. <laughs> what do you want someone to bring into your life? What are you looking forward to with someone bringing into you? Kindness, peace, humor, hopefully some kick-ass motorcycle rides. (laughs) But if they don't have a motorcycle, that's okay. But Or a convertible, that's cool. But authenticity, just be who you are. Just, we don't know how many years we have left on this earth. Just be who you are and be honest about it. Somebody who has a vision and they want to include me in that vision, that's nice, but a dream of, what the next step is. I think a lot of times in our generation too, some people just sit on that sofa and they're done. Their only dream is just to Netflix and chill. Nothing wrong with Netflixing and chilling. I see the value in it, but I'm going to Netflix and chill because I'm exhausted from planning what the next step is going to be and I need to just rest a little bit. But I don't want that to be the rest of my life. And so I want somebody who has a dream and we can maybe kind of merge what that dream looks like together. Maybe they can make my dream even better. Maybe I can make their dream better. So, yeah. What's coming alive for you right now since we've been having this conversation? Well, I think the reality is that I'm baby. My brother's right. 
think maybe I can find somebody to fit this. It's so specific what I'm looking for. I'm open to the understanding that it may not happen, but I have to be open to the understanding that it could. So just, I, I think, hopeful that there will be somebody that will hear this or see this and will it will resonate with them. For example, I can't really date somebody who's full-on retired. I have found that people that have way too much time on their hands get frustrated with me. So unless they're full-on retired and they started their own business or they're doing something else, but I've met some men who are just full-on retired and I think they're still trying to figure it out. So I think having this conversation, what it does for me is just, wow, like really continue to hone in on that list. I think it's possible, but I also have to be really clear on understanding those boundaries and keep creating those boundaries when it's not possible. The days of square pegs going into round holes, are, it's over. Where do you want to meet this person? Where would be a really like, oh man, if I could meet this person here, that would be really cool. If I could meet them here, I mean, I don't know, but I, I don't meet people out in the public, which is really weird because when I go out in the public, especially if I'm in the city where I work, it's almost like I'm still working. I'm in this working persona. So I'm not even looking for the possibility of meeting anyone. And I'm not the type of woman where I'll walk up and introduce myself to someone because I'm interested in them. That just is so not who I am. I have no problem doing it. Now, if you and I were at a bar together, you were like, oh, that guy in the green shirt, he's really cute. I will walk right up to him and be like, hey, dude, I want to introduce you to my girlfriend. I'm like, Isn't she pretty? Blah. I could totally be the wingman all day for someone else, but I can't do it for myself. And I think a lot of it maybe is like, I need to know that you wanted me first. And I know it may sound really old fashioned about the chase or whatever with men. And I have friends who chased after their men and that's awesome. But I'm, I'm not doing the chase. <laughs> just, I just, it's never been my makeup. I even had a girlfriend who took me on an activity when I was young to build up the guts to ask a guy out on a date because I had this long crush on this dude. And the date was okay, but it wasn't worth all the work and all the anxiety and the practice and the discussions. I'm just like, no, if a man wants to date me, he needs to let me know. I'm not afraid to engage once you've just thrown the line out there. But you gotta, you gotta send a clue, a smoke signal, something. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Send a smoke signal. Okay, we're sending a smoke signal right now. We're talking to your future guy who is either owns a motorcycle or he's willing to rent one. <laughs> what would you like to say to him? And also, how would you like him to reach out to you? Where have you been? But I'm glad that you found me. <laughs> okay, so what we're doing too, and this has been fun, is when he reaches out to you, what do you want him to say? So some people, some examples are Pamela in the group, the one that co-hosted the book challenge with me. She's yeah. an author. So she was like, oh, what book are you reading? Someone else had said, tell me. I think Sally was the one that said, tell me your funniest pickup line. Someone else had said, what music do you like to dance to? So whatever that, whatever you want them to say is a good time to say it now. I think tell me your favorite song in the title. My favorite song. And then that's it. That so jump out. Nobody else will be sending me emails like that. Yeah, that's true. It'll jump <laughs> out. I love it. Okay. And my email is Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E-K, the initial K, and Kush, C-U-S-H, at gmail.com. 
And then is there anything I didn't ask you or we didn't talk about that you wish that we did? No, I think we covered quite a bit. I guess one thing that's important to say, though, one of my friends, because I do, I don't have racial preferences. I do sometimes have a bit of a height preference, but I'm a tall girl. I'm 5'10". I have issues from the past. So it's not that I like to discriminate against shorter men, but I do like men. I like taller men, but it's not mandatory, but it is something that I tend to be attracted to. But I also want to make it really clear if there's anyone looking at this who is very limited in their perspective of how they view people by race, gender, class, sexual orientation, if you have strong issues about those communities, then I'm probably not the girl for you. I am all about live and let live, but when you're idea of what's a great thing for you means oppression for me or people who look like me or people that I love. Don't tell me your favorite song. <laughs> Just, yeah, I need people who are, who have beautiful minds and hearts and are beyond all that nonsense. Our country is too divided right now to stand behind really ugly racist or sexist and I can go down the list that I can't put up with that. I work with the public. I have to work with it. And I don't expect everybody to think like me. So if you stand for something, that's great. But if the thing that you stand for means the elimination of someone else, then I'm, I'm not your girl. I think that's a really good thing to add because you're really showing about you and your values too by being able to share that. So thank you. It's really, really beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Nikki. It has been, I mean, amazing. I know we're going to have you come on again and you'll come on the Do The Thing podcast too because I just am loving your just your story and your vibe and all the things that you're doing are just incredible. And then for the listeners, thank you so much for joining us on the Do The Thing dating experiment. And here's to you meeting someone in a new way.